baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Okay, uh, don't get too close to the radio, everybody. Yeah. Keep yeah. your five feet. At, remember that? Five feet? Was it six feet? I forget. Was it six feet of distance? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, it was six feet. So. Stay six feet away from the radio because I, Adam Carter, have uh, COVID. I've got COVID. Uh, yeah. I apologize. Um, you have COVID, but you don't have a deer. <laughs> correct. As I That's told what Vanita, you got deer hunting. As I, told, as I told Vanita, you know, when you're in your deer stand sneezing, uh, blowing your nose, it's a hard deer. Like, okay, I'm a, they're on to you. Let's just say that. No, I was so, but I went deer You sound terrible. Hunting. Do I really? You sound awful. Yeah, it's bad. See, I think I sound pretty good. Two days ago would have been really good to be on the radio. I had that deep voice like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I usually get when I get a cold. So I was... Went into the woods Thursday night, uh, Friday morning, go hunting, and I realized when I'm out on the deer stand, I got a little runny nose. But that's like common when you're uh, sitting outside in cooler temperatures, your nose starts to run. That's, mm-hmm. and then like later in the day, I was like, eh, kind of a little tingly in the throat. And then the next day, mm-hmm. I wake up, it's like, yeah, I got a cold, mm-hmm. I'm a little stuffed up. There's David, and uh, by you know. Sit, I, I feel not terrible. It's like, oh, I got a, we got a cold here. Sunday comes around. And then Sunday night I'm eating our dinner, and I realize, well, I can't really taste what I'm eating. And again, I'm not, like, I've had colds in the past where, you know, you just can't taste anything. That's part of the frustrations mm-hmm. of having a cold, and you just got to ride it out. So I get home yesterday, and it's like, well, you know, maybe I'll just take a COVID test. So I took the right. test and whammo, right away. The line was right there. After all those tests have taken, so I have COVID. And I feel bad because I was up hunting with a group of guys. And I, I texted them And you gave them, them all. all COVID? Well, I hope not. I texted them all. I said, look, guys, I'm sorry. You know, and I guess mm-hmm. ideally, ideally, if I have the sniffles, I, I, should I have left deer camp and said, oh, I'm, I'm out of here? Which, again, leads to my frustrations hmm. with what I think what a lot of do? people have. What do you do? What do, you do? And, and, mm-hmm. and just because you're mm-hmm. questioning that doesn't mean you're an anti-vaxxer or think COVID's right. nothing. I'm not saying that. It's nothing for me right now. It's a cold. It's, it was a, a pretty heavy, heavy cold. But mm-hmm. I, I understand that COVID has killed you know many, many people. So I'm not mm-hmm. making light of it at all. I'm just wondering, okay, what's, what's the protocol now? So I'm home. I'm up in my daughter's bedroom at home. You see, uh, if you could see me, if we were on video, I have a painting of Harry Styles behind me. Yeah, uh, you look, uh, it's, it's really nice. Wouldn't that be some of this is my room? Like, well, you, you got a uh, naked picture of Harry Styles behind you. No, so I'm, my wife's like, you know, because I have a daughter who's immunocompromised. It's like, you know, no, you got to be in the room. So I'm like, okay. So I'm, yesterday I'm Googling what are the latest protocols and, it's still, it's not very clear. It says five days from the onset of symptoms, so I guess that would be today. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I give up. But 
it's a frustration. It's a reminder that we're still dealing with this even uh, so many years after 2020. But it is what it is. And um, it's frustrating. That's and and what is everybody doing? Like Jen has banished you to yeah. one of your kids' rooms. And obviously you didn't come into work today. And I'm glad I was going to come in with you. But since you weren't coming in, I was like, all right, I'm not coming in either. And I just have a regular cold. Mark and I have, because everybody seems to have a cold now. I do not have COVID. But that's what uh, I thought. Nor do I want that's, COVID. That's what I thought. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought I had a cold. And honestly... It was just on a yeah. whim I tested, and it's like, right. if I wouldn't right. have tested, would I have been a bad person for not testing? If I wouldn't have tested, I'd be in studio right there with Dave today. Mm-hmm. And would I have right. been... The, it, infecting David. Mm-hmm. Right, and but what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. so at what level now? Is it runny nose? Uh, at, what, at what point do you start testing? Or have you just said, you know what, I'm not going to test because I know the disruption that it's going to cause me. And I... D- yeah. And well, what you know that used to be such. Well, two years ago, we would have said, "Boy, if you're not testing, you're you're just you're putting people in danger." But at the same time, mm-hmm. nowadays, it's like, can do you blame someone who's just got like a sniffles and says, eh, "I'm not going to test." Is that is that a bad? Well, move? I I think I think if th- this is a good question, and what are you doing at home? Six five one four six one nine two two six. So what what are you doing at home? Because I um I wasn't I haven't been feeling well for the past few days, but I had some free tests in the house, so I tested. You mm-hmm. actually went to the Walgreens or the CVS yep. and you bought some tests, which I commend you for. But I had to buy new ones because the, the old ones were expired. Yes, yes. Um, so here's the deal. If you're going into an office or to work or to school, I think that's what you do. I think that's your barometer. You test if you're going to be around other people. And I'm glad Adam did because I would have showed up and David would have been there. And, you know, God knows he could have infected all of us. And remember, despite the fact that I am up to date on all of my boosters and COVID shots, I still have one more vaccine to get tomorrow. Uh, That's MMR, not COVID. Um, It may not have stopped me from getting COVID. What the booster does is lessens the severity of the symptoms, which is probably what Adam is experiencing right now, because you are not, you know, full blown laid out like we were in the beginning of COVID. You Mm -hmm. are having a cold. But I think that's at this point, and and I I am no doctor. I just play one on the radio. Um, we, if you are going to be around other people, that's when you test. Yeah. You know, like if you're working from home, I mean, do you really need to know if it's COVID or not? You're not going to get treated. You're not going to get, you know, there's really no treatment for this unless you're immunocompromised like me and you might get some kind of IV treatment. But at this point, I, I feel like I wouldn't even need it. Right. You know, you just ride it out like a cold. I mean, yes. COVID has become our new cold, except we want to do our best to cut it down because... As we know, so many people are not getting the booster, so we don't want to make anybody sicker. At least those are the, of us that are responsible. We don't want to, like Adam, we don't want to make anyone sicker. So we know a lot of people are not getting the booster or are confused about it. I'm not blaming anybody. You should be up to date. But if, if you haven't gotten it, we don't want to make any sicker, so we stay home. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be home, do you have to know if it's COVID or not? Eh, meh. Probably not. Meh. Probably not. It wouldn't make no difference for me. It's like, well, I'm here. Somebody asking why, if you're in your, if your daughter's immunocom- immunocompromised, why are you using her own different daughter? Uh, Lauren is the one who's, uh, she is um, at school. She's mm-hmm. different part of the house. So I'm in Morgan's room mm-hmm. and Morgan's not with me this week. So it's all good. Yeah, This is when divorce comes in handy. 
right? When the kids are at that, the other, <laughs> I'm not saying get a divorce, don't do that. But I'm just saying, when you have two houses, you can send the kids somewhere else and you can quarantine or you can send, you know, if they're sick, you can send them. Uh, so uh, it does come in a little bit handy, Adam. And I will say, uh, Jen offered to go to a different room and I said, oh, I'll go to Morgan's room as long as there's a Good. TV in the there. Sickie. There's right, a TV. The I got reading material, and boy, if mm-hmm. oh, I love Harry Styles, and there's a lot of Harry Styles in here, so I'll be just fine. <laughs> That's good. Put on some tunes, baby. Yeah. Uh, this texture says I had a really bad cold on the last leg of our Alaska cruise, the one that Benita was on in late July. I just thought I had a cold, no big deal. But when we got home, I tested positive for COVID, and so did my husband, and he had no symptoms. No symptoms. Go figure. Yeah. And see, I mean, like, that's it. You're on an Alaskan cruise. Somebody on that cruise gave you COVID. So yep. look, we're all sharing it. We're all, we do the best we can. Right. Nobody is at fault if you don't know that you, I mean, Adam lost his sense of taste and smell. So he was like, hmm, something's weird about this. Um, you know, Mark and I both tested. We just have a, or at least the positive, you know, it didn't come up positive. Mm-hmm. So we just have a cold. It's hard to tell, friends. And, but this is the world we're living in now that, um, we we could be still sharing COVID and we don't know it. But if you keep up on your vaccines, hopefully they will be less severe. The symptoms will be less severe. 918, keep the text coming in uh, on what you're doing and what your experience is. We've got a big show today. Tori Van Oot will be joining us in about uh, 12 minutes from now to talk about uh, Democrats' efforts to put abortion on the ballot here in Minnesota after the success of uh, last week. And also a funny story about Dean Phillips coming up. Uh, We'll talk Mm -hmm. to her about that. And don't forget your chance today to uh, win Kenny Chesney tickets. Again, David, Mm -hmm. so I was gone yesterday. Uh, Explain uh, uh, explain to our Mm -hmm. listeners how this happens. So every day this week, save Thursday, when we'll be doing our uh, Radiothon at the Mall of America. Uh, But every other day this week, I will give a keyword during the first segment of the 10 o'clock hour. That's my quick take segment. So sometime during that segment, I'll issue a keyword. And then later in the show, sometime in the 10 or 11 o'clock hour, we will invite folks to call in that remember that keyword. The first folks, the first person to call in and have the correct keyword will win two tickets to that concert headlined by Kenny Chesney that will be happening next May. Excellent. So uh, stay tuned. 919 Adam and Jordana on WCCO. What is happening? <laughs> That's a sign of somebody's very important if their mailbox oh, is full. Oh, that what Lazy is? Adam. Oh. There he is, lazy. lazy mailbox Adam. is full. Lazy. So lazy. Doesn't get back so to lazy. anybody. Let me tell you something. The, Andy the has COVID. <laughs> COVID Adam. Sick Adam. One sick guy, let me tell you. He's a sick <laughs> guy, folks. <laughs> I got to do the, I do the hands. When I do you got to like do that. the hands. Yeah. Sick. The hands. He's a sick, lazy guy. So good. I don't know how they stand him over there. <laughs> So what's the deal? Like we, I don't I know. Mean, this launched a whole conversation about whether or not we listen to messages, who even leaves them anymore, who even knows how to operate their voicemail. Because I don't think my kids, uh, either my my parents who are yeah. eighty or my children that are teenagers, don't know how to operate their voicemail or are unwilling to learn. So it's only like us Gen Xers, maybe some millennials who use it for work, know how to operate voicemail anymore. So what's your excuse for not cleaning out that voicemail? Do you check voicemail? I, I had no idea that it was full. Um, really? I did Seriously. Because it tells you on your phone your voicemail no, is I'm full. I'm looking at it. Voicemail. Really? It says nowhere on my phone that it's full. Oh. Also, at least I personalize my message. Chad Hartman yes. does that where you mm-hmm. call him and it's just, the person you have reached is, you know, like be a professional and put put a little personalization 
At least that's me there. I don't know when I recorded well, that. Chad's I sounded too sick important. there, too. Yeah. Chad's too but important. Chad don't just do the generic, you have reached 651286. You know, no, pers- mm-hmm. personalize yeah, your voicemail. But I, no, I have no idea. I, I I have well, to, uh, please clean out your voicemail so the I'll next time we yeah. surprise call you, uh, you'll be able to answer. And then people yelled at me in the text line, and they're like, oh, great, George. He's deer hunting. Goodbye, deer, once they hear that ring. <laughs> But yes. but then, of course, I wanted to tell everybody that there's no way you have the ringer on, obviously, nope. if you're in the deer stand or, you know, if you're under 75, you probably don't have the ringer on. I never I was going to say, I on. never have my ringer on. Ever. What? Well, yeah. Because then you're the guy in the restaurant. Like, you know, can't find the phone. Don't you're, be there. You're that guy. Thank you. Don't be that guy. So I did, although had to remind my child this morning put your ringer on and set an alarm. Uh, my baby girl has landed in Washington, D.C. at Reagan mm-hmm. uh, National Airport, International Airport probably. Um, she is on a flight with many, many, many other Zionists, Israel supporters, Jews from Minnesota. And remember, the definition of Zionism is you believe that Israel has a right to exist and, and there should be a homeland. Uh, so she has landed for the March for Israel, which is threefold. Uh, demand, the march is many, many people have landed in Washington and are going to march on the National Mall today to demand the release of the hostages. Now, why the whole world is not demanding the release of the hostages is really beyond me. 240 plus people are still hostage in Gaza. And why everybody that is not the number one call in everybody's rallies is it baffles me. Uh, demand the release of the hostages, uh, of course, show some support for Israel, and also, equally as important, uh, this rally to cut down on anti-Semitism, because we know there have been a almost 400 increase in anti-Semitic attacks since October 7th here in this country, and um, a rise in anti-Semitism, and that is devastating for many of us who suffer uh, the consequences of that. So Ruby has landed there, along with many of my friends, and I'm so jealous, and I did try to get flights at the last minute, but Mark and I are both sick, and we didn't feel that it was uh, right to go. And um, You care about jealous. others, and I don't. That's why I went hunting, <laughs> I wish- <laughs> and you said, no, I'm not going to uh, affect other people. Yeah, right. So she's going to check in with us. Uh, the rally starts at 1 o'clock. Uh, Eastern time, which is noon. We're going to be off the air, but I told her we're going to call her at about 1130 to check in and see what's going on on the ground as they get ready to march uh, peacefully to the National Mall for that March for Israel. Super what an experience, right? I mean, yes. To, uh, yes, it's too bad she doesn't get to spend a little more time there because Washington, obviously, you could go to Washington every week and find something mm-hmm. new to see that you probably didn't see before. But, uh, what well, she was excited. They that. they land they landed. I mean, they were on a flight at like they, they went to the airport at like four this morning. They were on a flight yeah. at six a.m. and um, she said the march is from one to three. They have a couple of organization activities. She's gone because she's on the board of her youth group, so they offered her the opportunity to go on this flight, which was great. So she is uh, there, and they're meeting. There's so many other groups, Jewish federations all around the country. Her organization is BBYO. That's B'nai B'rith Youth Organization. It's it's a youth group. There's JSU, Jewish Student Union, SSI, Students. Support Israel. There's uh, so many Jewish organizations are there, um, but she will have meetings beforehand and the, the march should be over around three. And she goes, our flight out isn't until six or seven. So she is excited. She hasn't been to Washington, D.C. And I am remiss as a parent that I haven't taken her. 
to do a sightseeing tour. I mean, we went when she was a baby, but she doesn't remember that. And um, she's hoping to go see a couple of other things. I said, you should absolutely go find the Lincoln Memorial, go see the Washington Monument. She looked at me and rolled my rolled her eyes. I was like, okay, go go see other stuff that kids want to see in Washington. I'd love her to see the Holocaust Museum, but um, that might be another trip altogether. Uh, have you been to Washington, D.C. On, on a tour? Very briefly. My dad and I okay. went on a baseball trip. Uh, this is ooh, 2010. So we were there. We took the train from, uh, we started in New York, went to Philly, then went to Washington, D.C., mm. got Did off. the Vietnam Memorial? No, we didn't have that much time because mm-hmm. we went to the baseball oh. game. So we got off yeah. you know, at Union Station. You come out of Union Station, there's mm-hmm. the Capitol right there. So we got to see mm-hmm. the Capitol. We walked to the baseball game. We saw the baseball game, and then actually we flew out later that day. So mm-hmm. I only got just a brief taste of it. But, yeah, I can't believe I haven't been to Washington, D.C. yet for a longer trip because that like i was i I love everything about government and civics and it's really a shame that i haven't been there yet so i have to get there soon well we'll hear from ruby we'll get the whole scoop but coming up next we are going to hear from tori van oot oh funny story about dean phillips and will uh the minnesota abortion measure she wrote about that this week we're going to talk about that now Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So Adam and I are both home for, because we're not feeling great. What and a pair. What a Adam pair we are, ha- huh? You're know, coughing. Right? I'm sniffling. And Adam has COVID. So yeah. thank God, you know, he is staying at home. And we are also learning that our dear friend, Tori Van Oot from Axios, is joining us, as she always does on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. But she's working from home also because she's sick. So Tori, welcome to the club. <laughs> Good morning. I hope we're all going to. Yeah, I'm not super sick yet, but it's coming on. I've yeah. my toddler son had some sniffles and I woke oh, yeah. up this morning feeling them, too. So here we go. It's the cold yeah. season because they're Petri yeah. dishes of germs yes. like that. You they you are. will not be well again until he's about 15. Yeah. I'm sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. We've been through it the last couple of years, but I've got my vitamin C, my emergency. Emergency. So I'll I'll rebound. But maybe I should take a COVID test out. Maybe maybe I should. I got I got some of the free ones upstairs, too. So uh, better safe than sorry. But uh, yeah. So now that we're all sick, let's talk about abortion. Right. That'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you wrote about in your article that top Minnesota Democrats and abortion rights activists aren't necessarily wanting to put the abortion question to the voters next year. Uh, Share with us a little bit more about what you learned about that. Yeah, the state of play here is that, you know, last Tuesday's elections and other states were just the latest example of abortion being a winning issue uh, on the ballot, abortion rights after the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. So, of course, Ohio voters passed a referendum of their own. There's been other successful measures, kind of Democrats wins up and down the ballot in the last couple of elections have been attributed to voter enthusiasm around this issue on the left. Um, So there's a push in play across the country to put abortion-related measures on more ballots in key states and swing states. They think it, you know, protects those rights for those who 
you know, feel that's important and also could be um, important for boosting turnout for Democrats up and down the ballot, especially with polling numbers showing a lack of enthusiasm, frankly, for President Biden's uh, reelection in a lot of cases. Uh, but here in Minnesota, they're not settled on it yet. Uh, and we can talk about the reasons yeah. why uh, if you want. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was wondering, because so the, the legislature codified uh uh, yes. those rights, if I remember correctly. So would this be like a constitutional amendment? Would that be kind of yep. an option to do it? Exactly. And so that's the question that the legislature uh, will be wrestling with. The DFL controlled legislature here will be wrestling with next year. They, um, you know, they already passed several abortions rights measures last year, including, as you mentioned, uh, the law adding the right to abortion into state law there's a state Supreme Court ruling that even before that found a right to abortion in those states. So Minnesota's like an abortion rights island already in the in the upper Midwest, right? There's pretty strong protections here. But a constitutional amendment is even stronger. You know, it's something that would be a lot harder to reverse, you know, um, and, and just adding it there. Now, the legislature to, to do that would have to pass a measure that would put the question to voters in 2024, or, or further, they could do 2026 or later. So the question really is, is it the right time? Is it worth the cost? Is it needed? If you're an abortion rights advocate, if you support reproductive health care, is that something that you need, you feel like you need to add that other, uh, other layer? Um, would having an abortion rights measure on the ballot and all the money that would cost to, to boost that take away from money that could be spent on candidate campaigns for the closely divided state house? Um, so there's a lot they have to consider. Well, it's and it'll be interesting, Tori, to see if that effort is starts and c- kind of makes its way because that I think would be a litmus test in how Democrats feel about you know it's you know Hillary Clinton barely won here in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not close really in 20 in 2020, uh, solidly blue. But you know if. If the if the tea leaves reading that possibly you know Biden not having a great shot here, we, we might see that uh, abortion push. I think we could. You know, they, as you mentioned, you know, it was very close in twenty sixteen. Uh, President Biden did win by a healthier margin over former President Trump in twenty twenty. Um, but you know, this is going to be a really interesting election here. We'll have to see what the polling on the presidential race looks like. Control of the state house is in play, but there's no real race for U.S. Senate, right? Um, there's uh, not very many uh, competitive congressional races, probably just one. So, you know, Democrats may be looking for ways to boost turnout uh, to attract people to the polls. Now, what Speaker Hortman, House Speaker Melissa Hortman, DFL party chair Ken Martin, others argue is we don't need a measure on abortion on the ballot to make abortion a driving issue on on ballots and for voters in 2024. They think they can make a clear contrast between Democrats and Republicans on the issue, uh, raise the stakes uh, in that way. But, you know, having an up or down measure, as we've seen in some of these other states, can make a difference. Would it make the same difference here in Minnesota, where the other side can say, wait a second, abortion's already in state law, right? Um, or, or maybe argue the Republicans and, uh, and uh, people who oppose abortion's life, right, feel like Democrats already went too far in terms of lifting restrictions on, on abortion and, and when it's allowed. And so 
there's a lot of considerations. Uh, they also have to consider there's a separate push to put an equal rights amendment on the ballot. And so it's possible that that could be a vehicle for also protecting abortion rights. Um, but it's complicated. The language has to be a certain way. That might be a campaign that's more expansive and goes just beyond women or abortion rights. And so that would be maybe more complicated and expensive from a messaging standpoint. So uh, the legislature returns in February, and uh, I think the Democratic caucuses are going to have a lot to discuss. We're speaking with Tori Van Oot from Axios, as we do every Tuesday morning. Tori, forgive my ignorance on this, but why does it cost money to put a something on the ballot. You, you mentioned it, this could be expensive oh, if they yes. put an abortion question. I just don't understand how, no. how that is expensive. That's an awesome question. That's a great question. Uh, I, it's not necessarily expensive beyond the like mechanics of you know election ballots being slightly longer, perhaps, or whatnot to, to actually to do that. But the, um, the cost is in terms of running the campaign, yeah. in terms of like the messaging oh, and the advocacy. Yeah. So it's more for, Got it's it. not that the, the, the state would necessarily bear okay. a lot of costs. It's more that, you know, campaign groups, right? Like Democratic groups, pro-abortion rights groups, anti-abortion rights groups would have to spend a lot of money to get their message out. One interesting quirk of Minnesota ballot campaigns is the results are tallied based on everyone who voted in that election, not everybody who voted on that question. So you have to make sure not only that people are turning out to vote for your measure, but that everyone who turns out actually votes on your measure in the affirmative if you're backing it. Because otherwise, if someone just goes, I'm voting in the presidential race, I don't feel like voting on the rest today. Well, that's a no vote for you. Yeah. So it can right. be pretty expensive right. okay. to get the message out. So that's what I meant by cost. But, but good question. Yeah. Uh, Vanita talked to Governor Walls from Australia. The governor was in Australia, not Vanita. What's he doing in <laughs> Australia? And do these do these like I always wonder, you know, obviously, if you're if you're not a fan of the current governor, you'll criticize. Oh, they're going all over, not paying attention to the business of the state. But do these trips, whether it's Australia or Japan or wherever the governor's going, do they really pay off? That is another great question and one that you might read more on in Axios Twin Cities later this week. Ooh. <laughs> but not to not to get ahead of ourselves. We should all though I think we should all advocate to go do the radio from Australia. Like, come on, yeah. let, let's all yes. Take us with. go. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, people do uh, the governor's office, advocates from uh representatives from past governors' offices I've talked to say the answer is yes they do make a difference. It's kind of hard to make the super tangible. Now, there are some examples of increased investment, deals made after some of these trips, but they say that those, you know, the, the as we all know in business, right, it's the human connection often <laughs> that that relates to, to deal making and helps some of these come through. So, you know, the, the governor's office and some advocates I've talked to from past governors have said, yeah, they actually do make a difference and that people appreciate the FaceTime and you get to make the case and build relationships, um, strengthen relationships with uh, companies that already have partnerships. And as Governor Walsh told Benita this morning, I heard him that some a couple of startups that have investments or operations here in Minnesota came to some sort of, you know, I don't know, happy hour, whatever event that they were having and brought some friends. And said, "Hey, look at I'm investing in Minnesota with all these people, and this is how it's going." And so, uh, yeah, one kind of thing about the cost is that a lot of the participants actually pay their own way, like all of the businesses mm-hmm. that are going. So the state isn't necessary. There is a cost, 
like the governor, his staff, some of the planning, but the state's not, not paying for like, you know, the head of the Minneapolis regional chambers to go on this trip. Those folks are all mm-hmm. paying their own way. But yeah, we'll find out. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. And if we see more investment from Australia, I think it's what, 12 or 13, it's, uh, you know, kind of in the top 15 or so of Minnesota's mm-hmm. uh, export partners so far. Yeah, face-to-face meetings usually pay off. I mean, we, we don't do that enough anymore in this day of digital. But um, Tori, before we let you go, you guys posted this uh, picture and this saying uh, with Dean Phillips and Ron DeSantis. I don't want to like blow the punchline, but share the funny story about Dean, uh, Dean Phillips being compared to Ron DeSantis. Yes, um, we uh, at Axios run swing voter focus groups in swing states. We've done them in Minnesota. They're fascinating. And our last one was in Arizona. And these voters, uh, these swing voters, kind of crucial voters in a swing state, were shown a picture of Congressman Phillips, who, of course, has just launched his presidential campaign. Um, big picture, none of them could recognize him yet, kind of shows some of the uh, challenges a member of Congress faces in trying to launch one of these you know, national presidential ch- campaign against the sitting president. But uh, we did get some kind of funny responses. We showed the picture to these voters and one of them, they didn't know who he was. And one of them said, he looks like a very young Ron DeSantis. Another said he looks like someone from Iowa. Third guessed he was a Republican. Um, But the kind of catch here, the funny thing is that Phillips is actually nine years older than Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. But I will tell you, my my colleague in Arizona who sat in on the focus group told me about this. I said, what? No way. I've never, I've been covering Dean Phillips for years and I've never noticed that resemblance. But then I looked at a couple pictures and I was like, wow, I see it. I don't know if you guys see yeah. it, but uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway, so that was, that was well, check out Axios yeah. because they have a side by side. And yep. I mean, I saw it a little, but I don't know who's more offended by that. Is it uh, yeah. Dean because he doesn't want to be compared to Ron DeSantis because he might be a lunatic? Because or he doesn't wear lifts? Because he doesn't wear lifts yeah. in his shoes, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe Congressman Phillips sometimes wears some kind of stylish glasses. So maybe oh. he'll put those back on again. You know, uh, he'll do that again. But, and there is, they both have kind of like, a, a, they're maybe going for a look right now, like a kind of presidential candidate look. And some of it might be the presidential glow up. But, uh, but yeah, go ahead and, and check out check out that photo. But, you know, the why it matters is just it shows the, the challenges the congressman is going to face. And yes. Arizona voters are not mm-hmm. his target audience right now. They're Democrats mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. That's his yep. target audience. But his campaign hasn't resonated or reached these voters yeah, that's, yet, that's who will be ba- important in the general. That's the battle he faces. Tori, hope, yeah. you, hope you don't uh, get any more sick than you are right now. So uh, <laughs> take rest easy, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, I'll talk to my boss about going to Australia, and you can talk to yours. <laughs> okay, we'll get on that. Right, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's in the budget. Uh, Tori yeah. Van Oot from Axios. Read her stuff, including uh, her piece today about how Democrats trying to, uh, whether or not they want to put that abortion issue on the ballot next fall. Yeah, good question there. Who is more offended by the Phillips-DeSantis comparison? <laughs> 651 Four six one nine two two six. Will this simply fall along party lines? Who should be more offended by that comparison? Your answers after the break. Hey, it's nine fifty-five. That would be your uh, Lindus Construction time check. Time to invest in a complimentary heat map analysis. No, you don't invest in that. You get a complimentary heat map analysis with your insulation estimate. I have COVID brain. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's real. That is totally real. By the way. 
That's a new segment we're going to have, by the way. COVID, COVID brain, brain versus chemo brain. Ooh. <clears throat> Coming up tomorrow. Interesting. It's a good new segment. Yeah, what, about okay. just middle-aged, what about just middle-aged man brain? I know. Well, or you're the only one that can play that. Woman brain. Yeah, I hear you. That happens. Uh, actually, we're going to speak with uh, Dr. Poland later in the hour. Is that 1035, David? Did yes, we indeed. For 1035? Mm-hmm. Great. Dr. Poland, obviously, um, yeah. very educated and learned vaccinologist uh, from the Mayo Clinic. We've been talking to him since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, we're going to ask him about all of those things, you know, COVID brain, the long-term effects, because we are. there's a new study out just th- even this morning that uh, younger people, 18 to 44, are seeing long-term effects of COVID because now we're a few years out and it's a lot of brain fog. So what does that mean for the future of thinking? I don't know. We're all screwed. <laughs> what is the future we're, of thinking? That big question of 1035. Yeah. Uh, hey, don't forget, we're, all we're giving away Kenny Chesney tickets. Kenny Chesney, Zach Brown Band, Megan Maroney, Uncle Cracker. Big show at U.S. Bank Stadium. Saturday, May 4th, we're giving away tickets all week. And if you listen for that keyword next hour, uh, you get the keyword, and then you'll have a chance to win later in the show. That uh, precedes quick takes. And, DJ, what do we got coming up there? Well, I got two questions for you guys about NFL quarterbacks also. What really happened in the skies over Beltrami County last night? That's coming up in quick takes. Mm. Big boom. Yeah. That's crazy. What, What was it? What was that? Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 